Church. We are the Menahem. If this is your first time here, be sure to pick up a welcome bag at the connection site or the welcome and information desk. I hope everyone will put their name on the friendship card that is in their bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need to update any information, be sure to fill out your address and phone number. On the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Please enjoy the service and have a good day. We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. I'd like to invite you to sing with us our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Glorious Lord, we come into your presence this day to glorify your name, to rejoice in your presence. We pray that we will be a blessing to you and that you'll fill this place with your presence and your power. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and we praise. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together. Come thou almighty King. that are going to be passed around right now for children in youth ministry opportunities to share and serve. So I'm going to pass these out. And we also have another announcement. We have the Disciple, Disciple One class starting Thursday, September 13th at 6.30 p.m., you need to register by September the 6th. So that's a wonderful opportunity to learn more and grow more in a Bible study. So if you want to attend, make sure you sign up for that. And I am so thankful this morning to come to church and see people that I've been praying for and seeing smiles on their faces. It's so nice to see God working in people's hearts. So that's a blessing to me today. Does anybody else have anything that they'd like to share as a joy this morning? Yes, Becky. And that's a joy that I had this morning, seeing the smile on your face. So she's thankful for the prayers for her daughter. 
Yes. See, those are the testimonies I love to hear. This is a wonderful testimony of someone that was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer and has been, we've been praying for this person as a church and now they're getting through that process and they're doing better. And they only have a couple more chemotherapy, five more to do. So isn't that a blessing? What a great joy it is to pray for people and to see the outcome of of that. Well, as we consider all the things, the wonderful things that we're just so thankful for, let's take our tithes and offerings. thank you for this choir of people just here to serve you, to sing praises to your name. Lord, I thank you for these gifts that you've given us, Lord God. Lord, the opportunity that we have to bless this community and to bless this church. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless those that gave, Lord God, in an abundance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now is the time when we're just going to have an opportunity to pray together as a congregation. And we have many, many needs that are going on right now in our church that we're going to pray for. Some of them are Naomi Lasky, her granddaughter-in-law, Candace. She has some health concerns. She had a baby last week, and now she's in the hospital and her blood pressure has gone up, and Naomi's asked us to pray specifically for her because she, they're um, she, in the hospital. They're making sure she's not having a stroke, so we're going to keep her in prayer, Candace. We're going to pray for Sandy Gehring, ongoing concerns for her, and Diane Fritz, her daughter, Emily. She has some complications in her pregnancy. Is there anything else that we need to bring before the Lord this morning?
Yes. And I missed your daughter's name? Kim? Daughter Kim has been diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. So we have Sophia, who's 12, who's having intense spinal surgery tomorrow. And I know what it's like when you're at work and your coworkers reach out to you and they ask you to pray. Please pray. It, it just does something for you. And I know your heart is just, you just want to pray. So we're going to pray for your coworker's child. Yes. Okay. So we have a complication in a pregnancy where the mom has been diagnosed with cancer. So they had to start her on treatment while she still has the baby. So we have to pray for the mom and the baby. Way in the back. Your father's having health problems. Okay. Yes. Mom in rehab after a fall. Yes, Becky. The children that are returned to school. Amen. And the teachers. <laughs> and the parents that are happy that the children. <laughs> well, as we consider the many, many requests that are just on our hearts right now, Let's take them to the Lord. Father God, we come to you as a congregation, Lord God. We have brought so many requests and so many concerns. Lord God, I pray that you would touch us, touch our hearts this week, Lord God, as we've heard all of these requests. Put them on people's hearts, Lord God, to pray for them during the week. Help this not just to be a prayer that has just been done now, but as an ongoing congregation that we would consider these concerns, Lord God, and we would pray for them all week long, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you bring us together as one to come to you. We pray for those that are having difficulty right now during their pregnancy. Lord God, the diagnosis that occur and that can complicate the mom, the baby, Lord, I pray that you be with them, Lord Jesus, that you would touch them, Lord God, that you would give them the wisdom that they need, give the doctors the wisdom. But God, I pray, Lord God, in your mighty power, that you would do what you need to do, Lord God. Lord, the complications are so severe, Lord Jesus, that only you can work beyond that, Lord God. We pray that you work beyond the complications, that you be with them as the medications and the chemotherapy and all the people that are going through cancer and all the chemotherapy that happens, all the side effects, Lord God, that you be with them. We, you would be with them, God. I pray, Lord God, for family members that are ailing, that are having difficulties, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you be with us as we take care of them. You be with the caregivers, and you'd also be with the family members, Lord God. I pray, God, that you would be with this little girl, Lord God, this child that's going to be having surgery tomorrow. Lord, she is in fear. And, Lord, I pray that you would calm her, Lord God, that she would see beyond her fear, Lord God, that she would feel your presence with her, Lord God, that she would be off of the suicide watch, Lord God, and that you would calm her and that you would speak to her mind and that you would let whoever else is speaking to her mind free her up, Lord God, so she can only hear your voice. She can hear, come unto me, all that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, that she would hear words of comfort from you. 
I pray, Lord God, for words of comfort for all that are going through things, the struggles of people that are in the hospital, the people, Lord God, that are hurting, the broken families, Lord God. There's just so much out there, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would comfort them, that you would bring communication back to our families, that you would bring healing to broken marriages, Lord God. And be with those, Lord God, that are suffering from mental illness. Lord, I pray that you would touch them today, Lord God. Be with our first responders, the people that are out there on a daily basis, Lord. I pray that you would help them. Be with our government. Lord, bring wisdom to our nation. And bring us, Lord God, so we could be a light to others. I thank you for the miracles and the testimonies that you've given us today. And we rejoice, Lord God, that you have done so much for us. We thank you for the answered prayers. And we pray, Lord God, that you would continue, Lord God, to hear your people as we call upon your name, as we seek your face, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would just comfort us and keep us in your hand. In your mighty, wonderful, beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Now let us take a time to hear from the word of the Lord this morning. Anna Sophia, I will be reading 1 John 4, verses 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into, our, into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit in, at, of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, de dear children, are from God and have overcome them because of the one who is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak for the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Anna Sophia. So what is your name? What name do you go by? What name do you live by? My name is Sherry. My name is Sherry Lynn Acord. My name is Mrs. Sherry Lynn Acord Mahar. My name is Mrs. Mahar. My name is Mom. My name is Pastor Sherry. My name is Child of God. My name is Follower of Jesus Christ. And there's power in that name. The power in living by and going by that name that brings victory. The power of that name that guides us into light and not into darkness. Have you ever been guided into darkness, either on purpose or just unintentionally. I was, uh, a couple of years ago, I was heading out to Ohio for seminary, and I got this idea that I would use my cell phone as my GPS, and I just trusted it, and I'm blindly driving, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, it's getting dark, and, I, and all of a sudden it says, arrived at destination, and I look around, it's like, okay, this is a really seedy part of town somewhere. There's boarded up buildings. My hotel was actually just a vacant parking lot with a rusty chain link fence and it was getting dark and I had no idea where I was. I was definitely not where I was supposed to be. My destination was not a vacant parking lot and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, there's... You can be led into 
darkness. You can be led into danger. You can be led into evil in this world. Can we agree that there is evil in this world? That there is darkness. That the spirit of darkness is powerful and active. And it's active everywhere, even in the church. But it's active because evil is setting out against light. And so with the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, we can be freed from darkness. We can be freed from any of that. And we can walk in light and be guided in light only. But doing things in the name of Jesus is not a magic formula. It's often said in a way like in the name of Jesus, like a magic formula. But we have to understand that when that's done, it implies a relationship. The name of Jesus is a relationship that continues. And there's a story in Acts chapter 19. I encourage you to read it. And it's about the seven sons of Sceva. And what was going on is in Ephesus. And Paul, the apostle Paul, is going around and he is casting out demons and he's healing people. And everyone's like, whoa, Paul's the guy. This is amazing. And he's doing everything in the name of Jesus. So these seven sons of Sceva then decide that they're going to do something. Now, they are the seven sons of a Jewish chief priest. So they've got the religion part of it really well down, down, and they've got the clout of being someone who practices a religion. And they decide they're going to go and try and cast out a demon. So they go up to this one guy who has been declared as demon-possessed, and they try to invoke the name of Jesus. And they went up to him and they said, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. The name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Now, why do you think they would do that? I'm thinking fame. They were seeking fame. They were seeking power. They saw that by doing this thing that Paul was doing, they could actually get some clout and some authority, and they wanted that. They were not seeking the real relationship. They were just seeking with ulterior motives, with false motives. And so, if it wasn't such a serious topic, the scene that's played out in the Scripture seems actually kind of funny because this one demon-possessed guy says to them, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know about. But who are you? We all have to ask that. Who are we? And this demon-possessed guy went, watch! Took on all seven of them and whooped them. He just beat them all up, and they went running out of the house completely beaten and bleeding and naked. He actually stripped their clothes off of them, and they were exposed, not only physically exposed, but exposed, exposed as being false prophets, exposed as people with ulterior motives, with false motives. 2 Corinthians 11 says that there are false apostles, deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Jesus said there will be wolves in sheep's clothing. And so we need to be aware. So on the one hand, yeah, we're all Christians and we're filled with love and joy and it's all wonderful, but we also cannot be deceived. We have to really become aware of spirit that is moving around us, not like this guy. Hi, everybody. It's Paul. You know, a lot of people ask me uh, after a long day of voiceover or writing or doing all those creative things that I do, um, how do I relax? Well, like many other Americans, uh, I come home and I, I pet my dog. You see, petting your dog is one of the most relaxing things you can possibly do. It releases a hormone called oxytocin, which reduces stress. Also, it lowers your heart rate and it lowers your blood pressure. Plus, people who pet their dogs are five times 
more likely to live longer than people who just have cats. Plus, the dogs like it so much, and it's a nice bonding experience. That's right. Daddy's little boy. Daddy's little boy. Daddy's little boy. That's right. Okay, we're done. We need to be aware. <laughs> there are signs. If you're getting snarled at and you're growled at and you're getting bit, it's a sign. Something's wrong. And if you're feeling that inside of you as well, something's wrong. How many of us have ever experienced times when we were snarling and biting and, and doing all those things within ourselves? Something's wrong. That's not of the spirit. And so the scripture said that we need to test the spirits. And what does that actually mean? We've been talking about our spiritual gifts all summer long. And there is a gift called the discerning of spirits. And this is a hard one. It really is. But the, the gift of discerning of spirits is a supernatural gift that enables people to discern easily what spirit is leading what spirit is moving someone, what spirit is active in any time. And I have met people like this, people who actively see angels, they actively see demons, they will see when someone is bound by something, they'll see visions of things on people's heads and people, and they will see the spirit of darkness in people or the spirit of light, and they'll be able to know very clearly, very easily if someone is genuine. There are people in this congregation that have this gift. Many of us don't, and that does not mean that we should not practice in this gift. It's kind of like, because I don't have the gift of hospitality, it doesn't mean I shouldn't be hospitable. Because I don't have the gift of giving, it doesn't mean we don't give. Every gift we have, every gift there is, we can grow in and we must grow in discerning of spirits and we all can. We all can grow in this gift and it's necessary for us to use this gift. This is how we can recognize the spirit of God, the scripture said. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Okay, well then what does acknowledge mean? Because in James 2.19 it says, you believe there's one God. Well, good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. In our story with the seven sons of Sceva, the demon outright said, Jesus I know. So what are we talking about here with acknowledging? To acknowledge is to acknowledge by our life. It means that I take on the name of child of God, the name of follower of Jesus Christ, and I do that by my very life. I become saved and I go into submission to Jesus' authority who then guides my path. So we have to always ask ourselves what spirit is leading because spirit is active and powerful on both realms. What spirit is leading in our world? What spirit is leading in our community? What spirit is leading in our church? What spirit is leading in our family? What spirit is leading within us as believers? You know, because it has to be constant attunement. We have um, in Scripture, Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. And he also said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. We have to always be aware because if any moment we are not in tune with the Holy Spirit at any moment, then we are open and vulnerable for darkness to come in. And so how do we discern? How do we know that this is the voice of God and this is the voice of darkness? How do I figure that out? When you experience the voice of God or, or even the voice of darkness, it comes as something that's spontaneous. It's a spontaneous thought, a spontaneous feeling, a spontaneous vision. You know, you, you get just a, a picture that comes to your mind. And when those things happen, something is trying to move you. So the question is, how do you define that? You define it against Scripture and against God's nature. 
So if whatever you're experiencing, you're hearing, you're, you're, you're feeling is something that lines up with Scripture, then it may very well be from God. But if it's not, it's not. And you have to be very careful. This is why it's so important to know Scripture because Satan will take Scripture and just twist it just enough to be no longer truth. Just think about what Satan did in the Garden of Eden, what Satan did with the temptations of Jesus, taking truth and twisting it so it's just off a little bit. And when you hear Spirit speaking, there's a difference. Sometimes we'll get a conviction. We talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is saying, you know, this is something you need to examine in your life. This is something where you're not doing this right. And the whole purpose of that is because God wants to be in greater relationship with you and is drawing you closer. But if you get instead, you know, you're not doing this right. And so God hates you. You cannot be forgiven. You, and and it, it goes into condemnation. That is not of God. Because God does not condemn. The Holy Spirit will convict, but the Holy Spirit will not condemn. So if you're feeling this thing like, I've done something that's so wrong, I couldn't possibly be forgiven, no, that's not of God. It's not. And so we align it next to God's nature, which is love. And we go against Scripture, which guides. And we also do it in community. And we say to other people who are also really well-versed in Scripture, really in tune with the Holy Spirit, and we say, okay, how does this exactly work? You know, I, I feel like God is telling me this. And they pray. You pray together. You have them pray with you and, it, and see if Spirit is leading them as well. You know, and they'll say, you know... I don't think God's telling you to go rob a bank. I don't think that's a thing. You know? But it could be something even more. You know, it, all these little things. I, you, you have to have accountability in community. You know, we have to have practice, though. This takes a lot of practice, a lot of attuning to the Holy Spirit, and a lot of time. And what we end up doing, we are in a world that's so busy and we've cluttered up our minds with so much stuff and so much noise that we've no longer had the attunement to the spirit that leads. And we have our house a home here as a home. We're trying to create a home, a vessel in which spirit will lead and spirit will live. And in the process, we've got some plants out here that if I had seen these things growing, I would have certainly yanked them out because I would have thought that they were weeds but they're not. These are actually edible fruit and edible vegetables. And it's like, okay, so how do you discern? You have to learn because after a while I would know, oh, that's really a rhubarb thing. Oh, that's really a carrot. But just seeing it, you, you don't know. In my own garden, we have this one thing that was growing up. And you know, you know how in the early time you, you're supposed to weed in the spring? And I'm always looking. It's like everything's green. How, how am I ever supposed to know about this? And, and all of a sudden this one thing has a, a white flower come on it. Oh, it's beautiful. Isn't that great? We'll just let it grow. I don't know what it is. Wild flower. And then you, after you let it go for a while, the next thing I know I'm looking out and this white flower of evil has gone and it's choking out all of my other plants. It's up in the bushes and it's crazy. And, and I'm like, it, I don't know what it is, but it is, I have discerned, it is a weed. <laughs> it is a weed and it needs to go. So in our own lives, we have to discern. We have to say, this, this is a weed. This is not of God. This is something that is unholy. This is something that is choking out life. This is something that is snarling at me. This is something that is biting. This is something that is not godly. How do we yank it and then yank it out? We yank it out. Jesus says that my sheep will hear my voice. And so we have to always ask ourselves, who are we trusting in? What voice are we listening to? What name are we living to? What do you do when you realize you have been heading in the wrong direction, you've been led into the wrong way, and you're in some dark place? You look around and say, oh, I shouldn't be here. 
I looked around, and when I arrived in Ohio at my arrived destination, it was very clear I was not where I was supposed to be. So what do you do? It's like, who are you going to call? My husband. I called my husband. I said, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I am not getting out of the car in this area and asking for directions. I'm just not. I, I, and he's like, well, just drive. And it's like, no, I'm not driving just randomly around either. This does not look like a good area. I don't know what. And so together we're talking about it. And while he's trying to Google, and I, we just came up with, I'm going to reboot. So I rebooted my phone, put in the exact same programmed destination, and it said to go this way. And it led me off, and sure enough, after a while, my arrived destination actually was a hotel that I could stay in. So what do you do when you realize that you've gone and arrived at a destination that's dark? You're heading in a destination that's not of God. You realize that something's wrong. You're experiencing snarling and and biting, whether in yourself or with someone else. There's something wrong, and we have to be discerning of this. We must be for the safety of ourselves, the safety of others. We must be discerning. So we must grow in our gifts, which means we must grow in our relationship with God so that we can become attuned to the voice of spirit that speaks and leads and guides. So who are you? Who are you really? What name do you go by? I pray you go by child of God, follower of Jesus Christ, follower of the great I am, because through that name you have power. Through that name you have guidance. Through that name you have victory. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen? Amen. And we are going to rejoice in God's victory, rejoice in God's power. I invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, the great I am.
the seven sons of Sceva actually happened in Ephesus. And when the believers saw and heard what happened with the seven sons of Sceva, they became very afraid. They recognized at that time that Jesus' name, Jesus Almighty, had power. And what could happen if you're not walking with that power fully? And they were convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they went and they gathered all the things in their lives that they were putting their trust and commitment in besides Jesus. And in that community, it was in the magical arts and the occult. And I pray that none of you are involved in that because that opens you up for the demonic. But they took that all out and they got rid of all of it. In our context... We also have a tendency to put a foot in two doors. Yes, I'll trust in Jesus, but also I'm going to hang on to this, and I don't walk fully trusting. And so we need to examine in our lives with discernment what are the things in my life where I need to get rid of it in order to go on the right path with God. And so I invite you to a prayer of confession as we prepare for the table. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. Forgive me my sins. Show me my darkness. Show me my temptations. Fill me with your light. Lead me in your direction. Give me your strength, your power, your love to walk your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. This proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as a forgiven body of Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, let's greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, sir.
If you see God in your life, you are welcome at the table in the name of Jesus Christ. You are welcome at this table, a table of forgiveness and grace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. And blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread He gave thanks to you and he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he said, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this often, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving, in union with Christ's offering with us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward?
Susan was just pointing out that as we were singing, hallelujah, holy, holy, the sun came out and shone brightly. Let's rejoice in God as we come forward for the table of grace. Come and receive. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able. A mighty fortress is our God. Seek to work us well. Yeah. 
Now go forward with the light through the name of Jesus that gives power and victory in your life. Go in the name of Jesus and in that authority. Amen.